Uh, today is the storm, and then next week we're going to look at this issue of resentment, how to, how to deal with resentment, how, <clears throat> excuse me, how to get rid of resentment in your life and how, how, how not to carry it. So let me just say this. A few weeks ago when I was preparing this sermon, The Storm, I had like no idea Hurricane Harvey uh, was going to hit the South Coast. And so, as, as many of you know, uh, that, that I'm from Texas, those that are you new probably didn't even realize that because I've totally lost my accent. And you're like total shock right now that I'm from Texas. And so, uh, I am from Texas. Uh, all of my family, fact is, I'm the, I'm the only exile in my family. <laughs> I'm the only one that left the state of Texas, and so my, my family lives in Texas. We got family and friend in Texas uh, from Rockport, Matagorda Island, Bay City, where my sister and brother-in-law live, and their family, uh, Houston, Corpus Christi, and so we, we have tons of family, and, and we've been in constant contact with them. Uh, they're, they're safe. Uh, they're, they're getting a lot, a lot, a lot of rain, and so there, there's one thing about, about a hurricane, and I've been through a lot of hurricanes because I was born and raised there. Uh, and so, but you know this from a blizzard or from any storm, is that there, there's things you do before a storm, or there's things you do when you're entering a storm, and then there's things you do when you're in the storm, when you're experiencing the storm. In other words, this, before a, before a hurricane hits, uh, we, buy, we buy a lot of food because we don't know how long it's going to be until electricity is restored and all those other things. And one of the challenges, honestly, that I have when we would enter a storm was not eating all the hurricane food before the hurricane. <laughs> and you've got to save some for the hurricane. And so there's things you do entering a storm, and there's things that you do experience a storm. And the same thing is true in life. There's things in life that you do because a lot of times, just like with a hurricane or a blizzard or whatever, uh, there, there's signs, right? Uh, a hurricane, there's like a storm surge, and there's weather reports, and a blizzard is the same way with, with, with le- weather reports. And so, so there's signs that a storm's coming. And so there's things that we do to prepare, there's things that we do to enter, and there's things that we do to experience it. And so, but the same is true emotionally, whether, whether it's, a, whether it's an, a, a relational storm, uh, an emotional storm, a financial storm, a, a health storm, uh, or something like that, that a lot of times there, there's like signs, right? There's like signs to where you know that, oh no, I, I, think we're, I think we're going into a storm. I think we're about ready to experience some conflict or some frustration or some problems or whatever. See, this is what happened in Acts 27. Paul is a prisoner. He's, he's on a ship. He, he, they're in a harbor. There's 276 people on board. And that's an important uh, um, uh, detail of the story. So there's 276 people on board. And they're taking Paul to Rome. They only have like seven to eight miles to sail. They figured that they could hug the coast of, of Crete and that they, they, they could get there. Well, God comes to Paul. And God tells Paul, whatever you do, don't sail. There is a storm coming. And so Paul goes to the pilot, tells the pilot, who the pilot really had the authority to sail or not to sail. And Paul goes to the pilot and says, whatever you do, don't sail. There, there's like a storm. For whatever reason, the, the pilot didn't feel comfortable leading. So the pilot makes a decision and says, you know what, we'll just let everybody decide. And so they got impatient. And then all of a sudden, they made the decision, guess what, we're sailing. Guess what? The, the weather is great. The circumstances are great. We're, we're, we're doing this. We can do this. And so they set sail, and sure enough, they hit a storm. 
And sure enough, it turns into a shipwreck as, as a result of that. And so this morning, I just want to talk to you in the minutes that I have about this issue of, of through the storm, what happens when you know that you're, you're in a storm or you're entering a storm. And so some of you here this morning, uh, you, may, you may know, guess what? We are headed into a storm. We are headed, we, we just know that. And some of you here this morning, guess what? You may be in the midst of a storm. You may be experiencing the storm right now. And so I want to speak to you from God's word about how to view that, how to, how to navigate through that. So the first thing that we're going to look at is this, is, is when, you're, when you're entering a storm. When you're entering, entering a storm and you know that storm's coming, there's some things that, there's some things that, that, that you need to do. And, and so, so let, let me just give you uh, three of those. And he, he, here's three. And we'll, we'll walk through this scripture together. The first one is this. Be careful who speaks into your life. When you're entering a storm, be very, very careful who you get advice from. Be very careful who's speaking into your life. Be very careful whose voice is like stronger in your life than anybody else's voice. Look at this. Acts 27, 11 says this. But the centurion paid more attention to the pilot and to the owner of the ship than to what Paul had said. Now, remember, Paul's the guy that said, God, God said. And they all knew that Paul was a man of God. They all knew that, God, that, that Paul was one of the guys that, like, heard from God. And so they make, this, they make this decision. Even though God had already said, don't do it, Paul had warned them that God had said that. But all of a sudden, the experts of their day was a louder voice than God's voice. Be very careful. Listen, be very careful when you're entering a storm. Who you're taking advice from, who's speaking into your life, because guess what? We have a lot of experts in the world in which we live, right? I mean, they're like on every talk show. Uh, they're writing blogs. They're, they're writing articles. They're writing. So we have, we have a lot of experts in the world. And, and, and right now, a lot, of, a lot of experts in our world, they're, they're telling us how we should handle racism. So let, let, let's just be clear here this morning that just so you know, at Fellowship of the Rockies, we believe, we believe the Bible, all forms of racism are evil, sin, and not of God. And it should not be tolerated on any level. But we, we, have a lot of, we have a lot of experts in the world in which we live. And be very careful who speaks into your life. Listen, I'm telling you when, you, when you're entering a storm, you have a choice to make. You have a choice to do what God says or do what the world says. Here's another thing that we've got to be careful of or, well, not do. You better be very skeptical of majority opinion. Be very skeptical of majority opinion. Um, look, look at this, verse 12. And because the harbor was not suitable to spend the winter in, the majority decided to put out to sea from there, and on the chance that somehow they could reach Phoenix, a, a harbor of Crete, facing both southwest and northwest, and spend the, the winter there. So now all of a sudden, the majority is like deciding. See, it, it was a pilot's job. The pilot was supposed to, the pilot was supposed to lead the ship like and all of a sudden, the pilot, for whatever reason, didn't feel comfortable and said, well, well, we'll just leave it up to majority vote. And remember, there was 276 people on the boat. And so they, they had a vote, and the vote went down 273 to 3. In other words, 273 people said, you know what, we need to sail. Three people said, don't do it. God said, don't do it. Don't do it. They were the minority. And as a result of that, they, they decided to sail. And they, they, they were going right into a storm. I mean... Majority opinion is not always right. Fact is, most of the time it's wrong. 
You, you can go through the scripture. There's a little bit of homework for you. You can go through the scriptures and start reading through the scripture, and you'll find that a lot of times, many times, the majority is, is wrong. And so you'll, you'll hear in our day, and people will talk, well, like everybody's doing it. Well, guess what? Everybody can be wrong. And so when you're entering a storm, be very careful. A lot of t- I mean, you, you, you have a choice to make, and you need to decide, is God's word stronger? Is it louder than, than the majority of anybody else? I mean, if you go back to the Old Testament and, and, and you look at the, like the story of the children of Israel, remember Moses is leading the children of Israel out of Egypt, out of slavery, so that they can worship the Lord. He's leading them out, and guess what? They go into a storm. They have some difficulty. We're going to see these same principles in a few minutes here in Acts 27. And so they're going out of this they're going out of this storm they're they're going out of Egypt they hit a storm and guess what because of the difficulty and because of the pain the majority wanted to go back to Egypt the majority I mean it's crazy stuff right the majority wanted to go back to slavery starvation unfair labor practices uh, a difficult lifestyle and all those other things because the pain got too great in the, in the storm. And as a result of that, the majority turned against Moses and said he can no longer hear from God. He has ulterior motives and, and all these other things. Be very careful who speaks into your life and be very careful of the majority. Listen, the majority oftentimes is wrong. And adults, let me just say this. A lot of times we give students a hard time and, 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 and about this issue of peer pressure, and we talk to students about this issue of peer pressure, like, like, you know, be very careful of peer pressure, like it doesn't exist for us. Sometimes it may be greater for adults. Sometimes peer pressure for adults to fit in, whether it's at work, your hobbies, your relationships, your recreation, causes people to no longer stand for Christ, no longer have a testament. So be very careful and skeptical of majority opinion. Here's another thing. Be very cautious of relying on circumstances. Be very cautious on relying on, on circumstances. And, and, you know, of course, because, well, this issue with Hurricane Harvey, because I have so many friends. My, my dad was born in, in Rockport, Texas. That's where the, the eye of Hurricane Harvey came through. And so... Rockport was in some of the mandatory evacuation. And so, you know this, not everybody evacuates when there's a mandatory evacuation. Uh, and, and so it was true of Rockport. Rockport only has about 10,000 people in, in, in population. And so the, the mayor says, forced evacuation, you need to get out. You know what? A lot of people didn't get out. And you know why? Because of circumstances. Uh, the, the weather seemed fine. Uh, the history of Rockport, that, very, that, that a hurricane never really goes through Rockport. And so because of the history, it had been a very, very long time. It had been years. They said, you know what? We're tracking the hurricane ourselves. And so the circumstances say that we have nothing to worry about. So guess what? We're not evacuating. The mayor of Rockport got so frustrated, he got back on the news and he said this. He says, okay, so if you're going to ignore the mandatory evacuation, that is fine with us, but here's what we need you to do. We need you to take out a Sharpie, and on your right arm, we want you to write your name and your social security number so that when we come in and do rescue, we can identify you easier. That's how bad this is going to be, and guess what? People still ignored it. People still didn't, didn't evacuate. And so, but even when, when we're in emotional storms or relational storms or financial storms or, or some of these other storms, be very careful. Listen, do not make your decisions based upon circumstances. Uh, you, you, you have to decide whose voice is loud or circumstances or, or, or God's voice. Uh, verse 13, 
Now when the south wind blew gently, supposing that they had obtained, is so important, had attained their purpose, they weighed anchor and sailed along Crete close to the shore. In other words, they just had like seven, eight miles to go. And they thought they could hug the coast. And so, so they thought they could do it. I mean, in other words, they're like, hey, it's a nice day for sailing. And Paul's like, well, God said, don't do it. We're headed into a storm. And, and, but they went anyway, and they, and they, they ended up in this, this shipwreck. I mean, it, 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 it almost destroyed them. And so you have to be very careful of your circumstances. You and I cannot live our life based upon circumstances. Circumstances will lie to you. Circumstances will deceive you. You and I still have to be discerning. We still have to ask God and look at his word about what he wants. In other words, you and I should not go through every open door we see. We should not take advantage of every opportunity that we have. We should not accept every job offer that comes our way. We still have to be discerning. You should not date everybody that asks you out on a date, even if they're hot. <laughs> Circumstances will lie to you. I mean, you've got to come to the place. You have to ask God, God, what, what do you want? What do you, see, that was Paul. And God had already, already said no. And so Paul is on the ship, 276 people. And he's like the, he's like the minority vo voice. I mean, there's only three people that sided with Paul. And the rest are like, let's go. And now Paul is experiencing a storm and a shipwreck that he did not cause. He's a victim. You know the most difficult shipwrecks? In life to deal with and storms to deal with is the ones you didn't cause. It wasn't your fault. It wasn't your decision. It wasn't something that you said. It wasn't something that you did. The fact is, you're the one that stood up to the family or relationships or in the office or whatever, and you're the one that said, don't do it. It's wrong. It's not of God. It's not of Scripture. And all of a sudden, they made the decision anyway. You knew it was going to end in disaster. And as a result of that, now you're getting the consequences of, like, their decision, of, like, their choice. I mean, this is Paul. See, this is what Paul's dealing with. Paul's dealing with a circumstance that he didn't, he, he didn't cause. Can I just tell you this? Not all shipwrecks are your fault. Not all storms are your fault. Sometimes if we're not careful in relationships, we'll go into a shipwreck in life. And we'll cross over and take responsibility for somebody else's decision. And it will, all, it, it will always discourage you. It will always destroy you. So when you go through those storms or shipwrecks of life and you didn't cause it, there's still some things that you can learn. You can still ask God, God, what do you, what do you want me to learn from this problem? What do you want me to learn from this difficulty? And there are a lot of times when... People go through difficulties, the first thing they do is begin to start blaming and whose fault it is, and usually that's not productive, and because and, it really doesn't matter where the problems come from in life, God, God can use it in your life, whether, whether it's your decision, whether it's somebody else's decision. God's purpose in your problems is greater than, than, than many times your, your pain, and God has a plan behind your pain. In other words, there, we have to come to a place where we look past the temporary pain and we look at the long-term benefit. 
And so there, there's something that God wants to do because God is more interested in your, your character than, than your comfort. And even, even, even out, of, out of storms in life, God can purify some things into our life. And, and so maybe, maybe this morning, maybe, maybe you're in a storm, and we're going to look at that in just a second. And so maybe God's word for you is, is, is like this, is like, don't give up, grow up. Man, there's so many people when they hit a storm of life, they just, they just want to, like, give up. They just want to go out the back door. They just want to run. And listen, if that is you, you'll never learn. You'll never mature. And there's a lot of times in pain that God teaches some things. So, so God can still use difficulty in your life, and you can ask yourself some questions. Uh, how, how should I handle this? How should I respond to this? And, and, and how should I, how should I re- react to this? And so the first thing is this, is that, that when you're entering a, a storm, this, the second thing is this, is when you're experiencing a storm. There's some things that you do, and we've talked about that when you're entering a storm, but then there's some things that you do when you're experiencing a storm. And so here's some things uh, just to be careful not to do. Uh, the first one is this, be careful not to drift. When, when you're experiencing a storm, just be careful not to drift. Just be careful not to give up. Uh, verse, verse 15, and when the ship was caught and could not face the wind, we gave way to it and were driven along. So they're taking prisoners to, to Rome, and they're, now they're like in the mid, middle of the Mediterranean Sea. They've been blown out to sea. They haven't seen the sun. You can read it for yourself. They haven't seen the sun in like 14 days. Now, that may not be a big deal to us, but, but see, they lost, they, they lost all their navigation ability. Uh, they, they didn't have the, the, the radar, and they didn't have the things that we have today. And so uh, they, they, had to, they had to navigate by, by the stars. So for 14 days, they couldn't see the stars. It was total darkness, and as a result of that, they didn't have their bearings. They didn't even know where they were. And so that phrase, we gave way to it, and we were driven along. In other words, they, they gave up of any hope of their desired destination. In other words, they, they started drifting. Uh, they were they were they were a victim of their circumstances, if you will. Um, they 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 begin coasting in life, and so that that's what problems in life, that's what storms in life. If if we're not attentive uh, to it, will will do to us in our life. To where if we're not careful, it will cause us to 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 drift and. We really don't call it drifting today. You know what we do? We, we call it coasting. I'm just like coasting through life. And the problem with coasting is you're always coasting downhill. You never coast uphill. You're always coasting like downhill. And you're always coasting away from your destination. And so the first thing is this. When, you, when you're in a storm, be careful not to drift. Be careful not to come to that place where you just you cash it in and you just give up and say, you know what, I'm just a victim of my circumstances. I will just be driven along where life takes me. The second thing is this. Be careful not to act impulsively. Be careful not to act impulsively. There's some things that people do when they're in the midst of a storm, and a lot of times they, they panic, they freak out, and they begin to act impulsively. This is what they did, verse 18. Since we were violently storm-tossed. I like that. I mean, they, they were beaten. They began the next day to jettison the cargo. In other words, all of a sudden, 
they started throwing like the cargo overboard. And they're in the middle of the Mediterranean Sea. They hadn't seen sunlight in four days. And, and they're like storm tosses. So they're being beaten by waves and wind and, and back and forth. And so you know what? They act impulsively. You know what they start doing? They start throwing stuff overboard, stuff that they need. They started throwing the cargo overboard. They started throwing the tackle overboard that they would need. They started throwing the, I mean, they began throwing like the food overboard. Like, are you serious? You're throwing food overboard? So they're throwing the food overboard, and they're about ready to throw now prisoners overboard. And they were discarding. They were abandoning things needed because the, the storm was so tough. See, this is a common, see what's so interesting about this is a common human reaction. When we get in a storm and there's a difficulty and a trial, when the heat gets on, the pressure builds, uh, the stress is unbearable, and you're, you're storm-tossed, if you're not careful, you will abandon some values, some beliefs, in the very relationships that you need to get you through the storm. You'll get rid of some things that in good times, you would not get rid of. In good times, you would not discard. I mean, you can talk to counselors, you can talk to psychiatrists, you can talk to pastors. They'll all tell you about the same thing, and that is this. When a family goes through stress, when a family is storm-tossed, the divorce rate goes up. I mean, exponentially. Relationships get tense. And you need to be aware. See, a lot of times, all of a sudden, if you're not careful, you'll get storm-tossed, and you begin seeing the relationships that are healthy around you now all of a sudden like become the enemy. In other words, what God says, man, stay together. Stay with the ship. Verse, 20, verse 31, Paul said to the centurion and the soldiers, unless these men stay in the ship, you cannot be saved. Then the soldiers cut away the ropes of the ship's boat and let it go. In other words, here's what they did. They cut away the lifeboats. In, in other words, they, they cut away any way of escape. Man, have you cut away all of your escape routes in your relationships? Have you said for us, divorce is like not an option? We will work through this. We will figure it out. I mean, we will stay together. Have you cut away escape routes for your values and your beliefs and your relationship with God and worship and all those other things to where you say, you know what, no matter how bad the storm gets, guess what? God is in the storm with us, and we're not a, we will not abandon things, healthy things that we need that in good times we would not get rid of. Here's another one is this, is be careful not to despair. Be careful not to despair. Verse 20, the scripture says, When neither sun nor stars appeared for many days, no small tempest lay on us. All hope of being saved was at last abandoned. Now they have no hope. They hadn't seen the stars in 14 days. They don't know where they are. They can't get their bearings. They're storm-tossed. They've thrown the tackle. They've thrown food overboard. The last thing to go is hope. They'd forgotten, they'd forgotten one thing that even when you're storm-tossed, even when you're in a storm, God is still in control. You know how you know when you've lost hope? Is when you believe next week is going to be no better than today. Or next year is going to be no better than today. Then you're going to be stuck for like life. Now I just tell you just, just real quickly and then we'll move on. 
If hope for you is in a desired outcome, your expectations will crush you. This is where circumstances are so difficult. Our hope is not in a desired outcome. You know what? Things may not work work out the way you want them to to work out. Things may not turn around exactly the way you'd like for them. Relationships may not respond to you the way you think they should. Our hope is not in a desired outcome. If your hope is in a desired outcome, your hopes will crush you. Our hope is in Jesus Christ, Hebrews 6.19, that's becoming a, a, a memory verse for me. Our hope is firm and an anchor and secure, and it goes behind the curtain, behind the veil. And that's what anchors our soul, that even, in, even when we're storm-tossed, that we can have a healthy soul, that everything comes, comes out of as a result if we'll just trust him. Here's another thing. Be, be careful not to blame. Be careful, just, just be, be very careful not to blame. Verse 21, since they had been without food for, for a long time, Paul stood up among them and said, men, you should have listened to me. That's not an arrogant statement. He's just some credibility. I, I was right last time. Maybe you should have listened to me. Please listen to me this time. And not have set sail from Crete and incur, incurred this injury and loss. In other words, this, there's so many people, that, guess what? When they get, in, when they get into to conflict, um, they want to blame. They want to find out whose fault it is. They, they want to blame. They want to dis- deflect. It every, it's everybody's problem. It's the circumstances problem. It's people's problem, whoever, whatever. It, it's somebody else's problem. Listen, you have to come to the place to where you take responsibility for your actions. You take responsibility for your words. You take responsibility for your actions. You take responsibility for the things that you did. And then, and then, and then you walk through it. In other words, somebody has to act uh, to accept responsibility for just their part. This is just my part in the situation. This is what I could have, could have done better. Instead of, instead of spending endless amounts of time trying to find out whose fault it is and who's to blame for this and all. This is what they were doing. The last thing is this. Be careful not to become overwhelmed. Be careful not to become overwhelmed. That's why we got to know that even in the midst of the storm, God is still in control. God is still with us. Even though we haven't seen the sun, the stars, the moon in like days and we don't have our bearings and we're storm crossed, uh, we're storm tossed, then God is still in control. Verse 34, therefore I urge you, Paul's still talking, to take some food for it will give you strength. For not a hair is to perish from the, from the head of any of you. And when he had said these things, he took bread and giving thanks to God, in the presence of all, he broke it and began to eat. Most theologians to believe they worshipped. Most theologians believe because of the language, because of the words. You'll see that when, when Jesus took the Lord's Supper and administered the Lord's Supper. When Paul did it in, in, in 1 Corinthians, that all of a sudden, Paul, they took, they took communion and they worshipped. Then they were all encouraged and ate some food themselves. We were in all 276 persons in the ship, and when they had eaten enough, they lightened the ship, throwing out the wheat into the sea. Now, when it was day, they did not recognize the land, but they noticed a bay with a beach on which they planned, if possible, to run the ship ashore. So they cast off the anchors and left them in the sea, and at the same time loosening the ropes that tied the rudders. Then hoisting the foresail to the wind, they made for the beach. In other words, when you are under stress and tension in a crisis, when you're overwhelmed because you're storm uh, 
tossed and you feel like, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to crack up, you, you go to, back to what you know. You start taking care of yourself. There's so many people when, they, when they're storm-crossed when they're, when, or tossed, when they're, in, when they're in crisis, they quit taking care of themselves. They stop eating. They stop worshiping. They stop reading Scripture. In other words, that you need to first take, listen, for you to get through a storm, you have to have a healthy soul, and you have to take care of yourself. And so they were worried sick for like 14 days. And then, and then Paul told them, Paul all of a sudden gave them direction and says, not only worship and go back to God, but you need to do some things. You need to like lighten the ship and you need to cut the ropes off of the rudder and you need to, oh, and guess what? You need to head straight into the storm. The only way you and I get through a storm is to hit it head on. If you watch Deadliest Catch or you know anything about, about ships and boats, you know this, that in a storm that you can never turn the ship sideways. You turn the boat, you turn the ship sideways, it is, it, it's not going to make it. It's, it's going to capsize. And the only way you get through it is by taking the bow and putting the bow directly into the storm and directly into the wave. And guess what? The same is true with them and the same is true with us. The only way we get through conflict, the only way we get through issues in life is to address them, face them head on. We never solve any problems by ignoring it. Paul was telling them, you're going to go through a storm, but guess what? God's going to be with you. Verse 22. Yet now I urge you to take heart, for there will be no loss of life among you, but only the ship. For this very night there stood before me an angel of God to whom I belong and whom I worship. And he said, do not be, be afraid, Paul. You must stand before Caesar and behold, God has granted you all those who sail with you. So, again, take heart because we lose heart. For I have faith in God that it will be exactly as I've been told. In other words, God told them, you're going to go through a storm, but I'm going to be with you. I'm going to take care of you. Your desired outcome may not be the desired outcome that, that, that you had, or the outcome may not be your desired outcome. But God said, I will be with you, verse 41. But striking a reef, they ran the vessel aground. The bow stuck and remained immovable, and the stern was being broken up by the surf. The soldier's plan was to kill the prisoners, lest any should swim away and escape. But the centurion, wishing to save Paul, Kept them from carrying out their plan. God is still in control in the storm. He ordered those who could swim to jump overboard first and make for land. And the rest on planks or on pieces of the ship. And so it was all that were brought, it was, it was that all were brought safely to land. And God says, guess what? The ship's not going to make it, but, but you are. The ship's going to break up, but you're going to make it. You may have to swim to shore. You may have to dog paddle. You may have to float on, on a plank or a piece of wood. But you're going to get there. You may have a broken heart, but you're going to make it. You may be disappointed, but you're going to make it. You may have wished things would have been different, but you're going to make it.
Stay with the ship. Stay with God. Don't discard your values and your belief in God and your healthy relationships. Because even in the midst of the storm, he'll be with you. You bow your heads and close your eyes.